What shall we say in our letters home? That we're perfectly all right? That we stand on the playground with red face and our hair sticking up? That we give people Chinese burns? Mr. Ray, standing in the entrance to the lavatories with his clipboard and pen, turned us round by our heads and gave us a boot up the arse. We can't put that in our letters home, because Mr. Ray is taking letter-writing. He sits in his master's chair, winding the propeller of his balsa-wood aeroplane with a glue-caked index finger and looking straight ahead. Results of the match. Description of the floods. The lecture on Kenya, Uganda and Tanganyika, with colour slides and headdresses. We have to write at least a hundred words to the satisfaction of Mr. Ray before we can go to tea. We're not allowed to put, and then this happened, and then that happened. So I put my hand up to ask if we count the ands. Mr. Ray lets go of the propeller of his Prestwick Pioneer, and it unwinds with a long, drawn-out sigh. He'd rather be out overflying enemy territory on remote than ministering to the natives in backward C4. He was shot down in World War I, or World War II, he forgets, but it didn't do him a damn bit of harm. It made a man of him. He goes and stands in the corner near the door and offers up his usual prayer. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven... God, give me the strength to carry on. While his back is turned, I roll a marble along the groove in the top of my desk till it drops through the inkwell, onto the track I've made for it inside. I can hear it travelling around the system of books and rulers, a tip balance, then a spiral, then a thirty-year gap as it falls through the dust hole into my waiting hand. Hugo Williams It's the second week of September, and the children are back at school. It's mid-afternoon. The roads around my North London office are busy with mothers ferrying their beloved charges home. The days are getting shorter. The plane trees have already shed some crisp leaves, which lie scattered on the pavements. There's a nip in the air at night. In my office sits a self-employed businessman. He's depressed, as he often is at this time of year. It reminds him of the beginnings of term and leaving home. Yesterday he watched his young son come home from school. He sat in the kitchen and listened to the boy talk about his day. He himself had never experienced that, for when he was six he went away to board. When he came home, he said, his home was gone. He observes his son trying out his new life, telling what he wants to tell about it. What did you do today? We did art. Plasticine. I hate plasticine. As the boy talks about his day, he is doing something of enormous importance. He is defining himself and his place in the world. He is experiencing himself as someone who is supported, who has a backup team who listen to him and care about him. Later on, when he's older, he will test out his parents' support and his own autonomy by withholding talk about his day. This has the same function as talking about it. He will thereby know that he's safe enough to make choices for himself. The man in my consulting room had been a child who had no one to share with, 
no one to test out. He shut down. Now he's like a snail, he says. He carries his sense of home with him. Sometimes he is aware of his shell. It's both hard and brittle. It offers little comfort.